This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Sales EQ, Objections, and Inc., and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. Look, there's no doubt that selling during the holidays is more challenging than any other time of year. Buyers will often push off decisions into the new year. It's more difficult to set appointments with new prospects and savvy buyers will pressure you for deep discounts. And there's also all of those amazing and fun distractions that that sap your sales productivity and cause your pipeline to grind to a halt. And this is exactly why the holiday season holds so much peril for sales professionals who allow their guard and their discipline to slip this time of year. That's why this special podcast episode is a replay of a webinar that I did with Anthony Anarino and Jeb Blunt Jr. called Outselling the Holidays. And on this episode, you're going to learn specific tips and tactics and techniques for compelling buyers to act during the holidays, for prospecting, for time management, and for keeping your pipeline full so that you start the new year all strong. So let's get started with Outselling the Holidays. So with me today, I've got Anthony Anarino, who is the best-selling author of books like The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need, Eat Their Lunch, and The Lost Art of Closing, Clothing, Closing, and he's also the ultimate John Malkovich doppelganger. The other <laughs> guest I have is Jeb Blunt Sr., who is the best-selling author of books like Fanatical Prospecting, Sales EQ, and Virtual Selling, and he definitely didn't slip me $20 to tell you that he has published more books than Anthony. And, and Anthony's brand new book is, uh, I think, Jeb, is the 19 ways to look uh, awesome in a goatee. So it's, uh, there's, there's all kinds of things coming out. You, you know, close more deals in a goatee. Well, welcome, everybody, to the Outselling the Holidays webinar. I believe, Anthony, this is the very first webinar that we've ever done wearing Santa hats. So this is, uh, this is definitely a first. And we are, we're looking forward to spending time with everybody today. I think it's going to be a fantastic webinar. Let's start off with a couple of uh, just housekeeping issues. We're going to be taking uh, your questions during the webinar. So some people put questions in the discussion field on SalesGravity University. Prior to that, we have those questions. And uh, Jeb Blunt Jr. is going to be our host. So he'll be looking at your questions inside of the uh, of the, the chat and the Q&A. So if you've got a question, chat it to us, and we'll be stopping periodically to take your questions. I also want to, uh, to let you know that this is sponsored by the Outbound Conference. And uh, the beautiful thing about that is that uh, the Outbound Conference is the biggest, baddest conference uh, in the world. And uh, it's going to be in September. Anthony, tell us a little bit about the Outbound Conference. Okay. So if you don't know, you're about to find out. So Outbound starts with a promise. And that promise is that it's not a pitch fest. There's not going to be vendors that are taking the stage and trying to pitch you what they sell. Instead, what you're going to get is practical, tactical, actionable insights from people who really do sales training and have sold themselves. So you're going to get no pitch. You're going to get, Jeb, I hope I'm right, pyrotechnics again next year. You're going to get an experience that feels like a rock show. It feels like ACDC and Cirque du Soleil got married and had a baby. That's what it feels like. It is so high energy and you're going to leave charged up and ready to go and conquer uh, the next year. 
Yeah, this year is going to be September 18th to 23rd at the Georgia World Congress Center. Uh, this past year, we had a record audience. Even in a COVID year, we had more than 1,200 people attend from all around the world. And the, you have virtual options, so you can watch it just like this. And our virtual platform is insane. It is so good, so amazing. The ability to interact with the speakers and watch the entire show live like a TV show. And then, of course, the best experience with Pyrotechnics is being there in person. We bring in some of the the greatest speakers on earth. And we've got some big surprises this year, but Mark Hunter, myself, Anthony, uh, and Victor Antonio um, headlining, but there's many, many more folks that'll be there this year, including the women your mother warned you about. And I believe that uh, one of the women your mother warned you about is in chat right now because I keep seeing her name pop up, Gina Tremarco. <laughs> so you might want to say hello to Gina. Uh, and right now, this is what we want to tell you is that right now we have early bird tickets on. We always sell early birds. The first round of early birds were sold out, but we've got the next round that's available now. And you can go to outboundconference.com. I'm going to step off this so you can see the entire thing. Outboundconference.com. That's outboundconference.com. Let me say it one more time, Anthony outboundconference.com outboundconference.com and you can uh you can check out uh the tickets buy the tickets there and we hope to see you in atlanta georgia so anthony let's start the 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 webinar off with some of the holiday challenges that we've identified that sales professionals tend to go through uh and deal with during this period of the year, this time of year. The first is engaging and getting meetings with new prospects. So you're picking up the phone, you're knocking on doors, you're sending emails, you're engaging people on social media, but getting new prospects into your pipeline right now when they tend to push you off. Also, along with that, and we'll be taking both of these issues on at the same time, is closing new deals in December. So not only engaging new prospects, but getting deals signed right now that create revenue for you and your organization. There's also creating urgency with your existing pipeline opportunities. So if you've been prospecting hard since, say, August and September, depending on your sales cycle, if you've got a short sales cycle, this may not be an issue for you, but a long sales cycle, then you've got a number of pipeline opportunities that maybe you forecasted that are going to close by the end of the year and they're beginning to push you off and hesitate. It's harder to get people to meet with you right now. A lot of folks are distracted. So how do we create urgency with those pipeline opportunities? So we hit our forecast. Also setting up a robust Q1 pipeline. So, so jumping off into January with a good pipeline. And of course, the biggest issue, there's so many distractions, so many things going on. Uh, how do we create time discipline uh, and time management uh, good behaviors around time discipline, time management during the holiday. But Anthony, let's let's begin with engaging new prospects and getting meetings with those prospects during the 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 December uh, holiday. All right. So to do this, I have to change hats. So this is our nice hat right here. So we're going to talk about what you have to do if you want to be nice and, and you don't want to be naughty. Look, you have to pick up the phone, you have to call your prospective clients, and you have to give them enough value that they can say yes to a meeting. What they're going to do is they're going to tell you, call me back at the beginning of next year. Call me back maybe later in Q1. And they're going to try to push you off because it's the end of the year and people are really winding down instead of winding up. But now it's our job always as professional salespeople to help compel people to change and do what they need to do before they have a problem. So what you want to offer them is, look, if we can have a meeting right now, that meeting will set you up and we can probably give you some acceleration with your 2022 initiatives. 
And if we can do that right now while you're slow, it would allow us to meet with your team. It would allow us to tour your facility. It would allow us to get a deeper understanding of what we can do and how we need to do it to make sure it works for you. Even if it's going to take time for us to do that, and even if we don't start until next year, this is the best time to do it. What do you look like Thursday? I promise it's going to be worth your time. So you have to do this. But I want to make another point about this. And to do this, I have to turn the hat around to the naughty hat. So here is the naughty hat. So this is what you don't want to be. And here's what I want you to understand. Let's say you have a quota that's $1.2 million and you have a 50% win rate. That means you need to create $2.4 million worth of opportunities so that you can win the half that you're going to win. That means that you have to win $100,000 every single month of the year. If you don't do that, you're not going to be able to reach your goal, which means you need 200,000 opportunities a month in creation. If you don't do the work in November and you don't do the work in December and you sort of stall out in January and you tell yourself the lie, uh, it's the holiday season, people are just getting back to work or they're off work right now, what you're going to do is stunt your pipeline for the next year. So it's critically important that you engage with people right now, even if you're not meeting with the decision maker, even if you're getting time with stakeholders, it's critically important that you do this. And I want to make a, a, a note here for you about outselling the holidays. The reason that we're doing this is because we want you out selling during the holidays. So you have to go out and sell, pick up the phone, make sure that you have a good value proposition and tell them why it's worth doing this now. Yeah, I think that I think the the important thing that you say here is that we we can't give up on the holidays. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, that I think that's that's critical. And speaking of giving up on the holidays, Michael Simmons uh, wants to know, do the dolls go all the way this year? And I just want to know, Anthony, what does Ohio State say about that? Are the I, is Ohio State going to give up and let us let us just take the crown? <laughs> I don't think anybody is going to let you just take the crown, starting with Alabama, which you will beat. And uh, I don't know if Ohio State's going to make it to the championship game. I hope we do. But I'm 100% certain George is going to be there. Awesome. Very good. Prog- prognostication from the state of Ohio. So, but I think this, this idea of not giving up and being out selling during the holidays is important because the holidays give us the perfect excuse not to do it. Like we say, nobody wants to meet with us. We say, you know, everybody wants to wait till next year. And I hear salespeople saying this all the time. What do I do? And everybody wants to wait. That's a head game. Like you are making those, those, those statements up in your head and you're changing your mindset because of those statements. But let me give you a couple of things to think about when it comes to both engaging new prospects and closing deals right now, right? So first, it begins with targeting. So we're in the in the Thanksgiving week here in the United States. So here in the U.S., this is kind of a wind down week for a lot of us. I mean, after tomorrow, most people are going to be taking time off and a lot of your buyers will as well. This is a really good time to sit down and think about targeting. So after you've consumed a lot of turkey, when you're sitting down watching a football game or what have you, grab your, your CRM and think this, which prospects can I target right now that have an urgency to buy? So think about it like this. Maybe there are prospects out there that have leftover budget. So I'm in the training industry. My company sells gravy, trains. Uh, Anthony, his company is in the training industry as well. Uh, and we know that a lot of our, our current customers, a lot of our inactive customers, 
a lot of learning and development groups, they budgeted for sales training in 2021, but they didn't spend all the money. And if they don't spend the money, they lose it. So if we can get out in front of them and have conversations with them, there's an opportunity to grab that budget, pull it into this year and create revenue opportunities and create some opportunities in 2021. And that's true for a lot of businesses who have budgeted, for for example, for services or for things that they might want to buy. So I would start thinking about which of your customers might have or your prospects might have leftover budget. If it's an existing customer, opportunity to expand. If it's a new customer, opportunity to engage them and talk about how they might spend that. If you sell into small businesses, so small businesses like my company, small businesses like Anthony's company, if you sell into small businesses, there is a a, a high, say, urgency and desire to avoid paying taxes. So if you've made excess cash and a lot of small businesses in 2021 had a very, very good year, they have excess cash and their accountants are right now telling them that they need to go spend that money because if they don't spend the money, then it's going to pass through to them and they're going to pay personal income taxes on it. And I know this is a business owner. So when you're in that situation, uh, what you start doing is saying, okay, well, we've got some excess cash. How can we spend the money? So right now, for example, uh, David Montessori, who is our creative director and also who is producing me in this particular studio, uh, David and I are making a list because our our accounting firm came to us and said, listen, you guys are going to have some excess cash at the end of the year. We need to spend some of it. So we're looking at equipment that we need to buy. So when we're shooting video and training videos out on the road, how do we, how do we, how can we go ahead and, and, and buy the equipment that we need now and avoid having to pay income taxes on that equipment? It's good for the economy, but it's also good for you. You also want to think about prospects who might respond to year end special. So if you sell software as a service, for example, you may have, let's say you're selling into sales teams or you're selling uh, into large teams of people where they've been talking to you for a while and you know that they really, really want to buy, but they're beginning to say, well, why don't we just wait until January? You may, as an organization, want to start thinking about, do I have some year-end specials? And I know everybody talks about not discounting, but at the end of the year, you may want to run some discounts if you can get people to go ahead and sign up and you can get those sales booked in this year, especially if you've got you know, if you're, if you're, if you've got, you know, shareholders and uh, investors looking at you, but that may be an opportunity. So I want to target those folks. And I want to look this year in particular at my prospects who may be driven by scarcity of a product or service. So let me explain. In a lot of industries right now, we've got supply chain issues. And so, for example, I've got clients of mine that just don't have anything to sell at the moment. So what they're thinking about is, you know, let's wait till next year. But you've got customers right now that if they paid you now, if they bought now, they would get in line first before customers who came after them. So if you sat down with them and started working through, hey, if you went ahead and placed the order now, then you're going to get this product, the services, capital good, whatever, before anyone else, especially around services. I'm looking at some of my clients that who, you know, they, they deliver services to companies. They're six months to eight months out. So by getting those products prospects to make a decision today, they're going to get that service earlier and you're going to lock them in before things change in next year. So as you start thinking about how do I engage new prospects during December, think about are you targeting the right prospects to engage in December and are you targeting prospects who can buy right now in December? And if you'll take the time to go through your CRM, 
and identify those prospects, then it's going to be a whole lot easier for you to target the right ones, go out and sell to people that are going to respond positively to your approach and work with people who are ready to make a deal or make a, make a decision by the end of the year. So, Anthony, let's go back to Jeb Blunt Jr. Uh, he has got some questions for us from the audience. And uh, Jeb, what you got for us? Well, talking about the, the mindset piece and, and getting new appointments on the calendar, Zach asks, how do you guys feel about calling the C-suite cell phone during the holiday season? Go, Anthony. I'm, I'm never afraid to call uh, anybody on their cell phone now. It's their primary phone. I'm not also afraid to send them a text message on their phone. I will tell you that if you do that, you better have a good value proposition when you make the call. That's the only thing that they care about is if you're going to bother them and you're going to interrupt them, then you better have something worth saying. So you need a good perspective on why you're calling. And I think what Jeb shared about the tax thing, if you look for anybody who's a subchapter S and you call a senior leader and an SMB, you have a very good shot of being able to help them avoid those taxes just by knowing that they're probably a subchapter S if you were to look at them on Hoover's or something like that. Uh, I'm never afraid to pick up the phone if I have a value proposition that's right for the individual and you shouldn't be either. If you can help them improve their results and you have a perspective that's worth them hearing, you should absolutely pick up the phone with no fear. Very good. Jeb, what you got for us? Well, Jeb, you talked about year-end promotions, and Cheryl asked a question uh, to you. Is, you know, as, as salespeople, we have a lot of promotions and a lot of marketing content that we can send out at the end of the year. How much is too much? Well, th- there's a there's a difference. If you're if you're spamming people, bulk spamming people, that's not really what I'm talking about. That's that's what marketing does. Like if you're if your marketing organization has got an offer, and I'll have offers with sales gravy at the end of the year, we always do. And so if we send things out at the end of the year, that's marketing, not selling. What I'm talking about is if you've got particular prospects in your database that would 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 have a high propensity to buy if there was a special and then use it now. And this, this is really, I think, applicable to subscription-based businesses. It's applicable to a product or service where you may have an abundance of that product or service. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be discounting anything where there's not an abundance right now because of scarcity in the supply chain. In a lot of cases, salespeople are in the enviable position of not having to negotiate. But if you've got a particular product or a particular service or a particular subscription-based model, something like that, and you find prospects or know of prospects that if you were to go to them and say, if you sign up now, I can save you this much, that's what I mean by that. And I'm not saying just, you know, just blast people with, uh, you know, with, with, with offers. Now, if you are in a marketing organization and you're going to bulk blast people, and I mean by that is typically if you're doing that, it's either going to be online digital advertising. You may be doing some things on social media, but you're most likely to be emailing it to people. That's a completely different animal. And in that case, I don't know that too much is, is too much. I mean, I just get an example. Last night, my, my wife gets a text message from a vendor and it was the fourth text message she'd gotten in a day, but the vendor had changed the offer and finally she responded to it. But that's why a marketing professional should be working around that not, rather than sales professionals. I, I, I don't think selling is, is, uh, is bulk. 
But if you are going to make multiple offers to a prospect, someone that you do business with, a customer, if you're going to do that, I would sit back, Cheryl, and think about it because you want to make sure that there's integrity in what you're offering so that you don't create this expectation that if I just hold out, Cheryl's going to bring me something even better. So just be very careful and thoughtful about the unintended consequences of an offer like that. All right, Jeb, let's do one more question. Okay, so on the topic of personalization, um, Anthony, Cyril asks, what is the best mix of social slash, slash business language that you can put into a personalized card that you're sending to a prospect? I, I think that you should always try to personalize anything that you send to a client. So if you've had a, a prior interaction, you can refer to that interaction. If you've done business with them throughout the year and you're getting ready to pursue them again in the next year for new opportunities, refer back to that and remind them of the value that you created for them. I do think that it should be personal and just heartfelt in the way of like, I hope you have a great you know, rest of your year. Looking forward to seeing you on the other side of the year or love to get uh, together so we can help start thinking about what we're going to do next year. Whatever it is, you should have something to say that is personal. And if you've never talked to them before, it's very hard to be personal. So you have to go a little bit wider and just do, you know, you know, have a happy holiday season. You're not going to know enough to do that if you've never spoken to them. But anybody that you have a history with, you want to refer to that history and remind them of the relationship. Yeah, and and uh, for me and personally, you know, at Sales Gravy, we we make our own cards. So you can see this one right here. It's got Sales Gravy with a little Santa hat on it. Happy holiday cards. We did one for Thanksgiving. I really like Thanksgiving cards because they're relatively neutral, neutral, and it's a great way to say thank you. And we put a slice of pie on it. And uh, Abby Lester, who makes all our cards here on our marketing team, did just a, just did a little bit cute thing on it. So uh, so it's. Um, I think the most important thing is you have fun, you stay neutral, you don't offend everybody. And then if you're as a sales professional, if you can write a personalized note, if you can do that, if you're not sending 500 of them, you should do that. All right. So let's, um, Anthony, let's take the next issue on. So we talked about engaging and getting meetings with new prospects and then closing deals immediately in December. Uh, but there's also creating urgency with your existing pipeline opportunities. You've been working all fall. You've got deals that maybe are getting to the pre presentation stage or proposal stage, or maybe you're just finishing up discovery stage, or maybe you've already given them a proposal and you're waiting for them to make a decision, which is even worse because it really gives people an excuse to hold off. Let's talk, Anthony, about what sales professionals should be doing with existing pipeline opportunities that they probably forecasted to make sure that those pipeline opportunities don't push into the new year. Yeah. One of the things that you always struggle with at this time of the year is your existing um, decision makers deciding whether or not they want to push or whether they're going to do it before this year ends. You want to do two things. And I wrote a book called The Lost Art of Closing. And in that book, I use the words control the process. So control the process means that you have to help the client understand why they need to take the next step now. And you need to do that with even greater, um, let's say, confidence and, and conviction that it's important for them to do this. One of the things that you can try to lean on, and I'm going to give you a couple of things to think about here, is the fact that they're going into 2022. And 2022 is the start of a new year. So how long do they want to wait before they actually start producing the better results that they know they need in 2022 or the growth that they need in 2022 over 2021. So what you want to do is accelerate this by saying, the best time for us to put all of this in place, whether you start 
before the beginning of the year or in January is to do this work right now. I think we still have two more meetings that we need to have. And if we can have both of those, you're going to be prepared to, to, to make the decision. And we're going to be prepared to be able to deliver on that for you as quickly as you need us to at the beginning of the year. So you don't give up months uh, that you could have already been creating those results. You have to have something to say about the value that you create, why it's important to them. And one of the ways to think about this is to, to suggest that we have time to do this now that we're not going to have time once the year starts. So if we can do this now, we'll be in better position to go ahead and start executing for you. That's the best thing to do. The more that you can control the process and get them to just go from commitment to commitment to commitment, the better you're going to do. If you leave a gap and you decide, so sometimes this is not the client, it's us. We think, well, they're busy. I'm not going to bother them. If you don't bother them, if you don't ask a second time and say, I've been thinking about this, Jeb, I know that you have very, very large goals for 2022. We should get this done now so that we can make sure you don't lose any time next year. You have to have something to say. Perfect. Uh, fantastic. And I saw Jessica Stokes on. Jessica, you'll see Jessica at Outbound uh, next year, senior master trainer with our organization. She teaches a course called Advancing with Microcommitments. And I think she'd be really, um, I think she'd really agree with you on what you said is that if you're walking out of meetings right now and you don't have a next step, like if you do that, it's, it, you're creating sales malpractice because it's very, very hard to get people back in you know, the loop once you walk out the door. So every meeting ends like this. Anthony, I've got my calendar out right now. Let's go ahead and get this next step scheduled before I leave. Do that. And by the way, if you're not able to get that, they're telling you that maybe they're either not that into you, they're not going to make a decision, they're not engaged, that, that there's something wrong. And it may be that you're not going to close it this year because of that. But you got to advance with those with those uh, those micro steps or you won't get the deal done. Yeah. And if if they say no to a meeting or they say we want to push it off. It means that you didn't explain the value of why you want to do it now. So go back over that and say, we have time to do it now. And that time is going to give you uh, an acceleration into next year that you wouldn't have without it. You have to remind them of why they need to do this. Yeah, I think uh, value is a great place to jump off. So if we start thinking about creating urgency, we begin with a simple thing called WIFM. Zig Ziglar talked about this for years and years. It's the radio station that's playing in everybody's head, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? So when Anthony talks about value, what he's basically saying is that people do business with you for their reasons, not yours. So if you want to create urgency and you you have to be able to explain the what's in it for me, what's the WIFM for moving forward with you right now, otherwise it's easy to push you off. People don't want to make hard decisions during the holidays. They want to rest. They want to, they want to relax. They want to spend time with their families. And it's a perfect excuse for human beings to put off decisions. And human beings prefer not to make decisions if we can avoid it. So creating urgency with pipeline opportunities begins with explaining to them in their language, what's in it for them to move forward right now. And I want to show you a quick value equation. So the val value is an equation of emotional outcomes. That's what's in it for the individual stakeholder. Remember, especially in business to business, you're typically selling to a human being that is using someone else's money to solve their own problems. So you need to begin with that. And if you haven't done a good job of discovery, you're probably not going to know this. But what's the emotional reason or the emotional outcome for the, the stakeholder you're selling to? You have 
have to add that to the measurable business outcome. So you got to be able to do the math for them. So if a person is pushing you off and you can't get your calculator out and show them the business reason, the business case for why they need to move forward right now, then it's unlikely that you're going to be able to get them to move forward right now. So super important that if with pipeline opportunities, you've done discovery. And if you haven't completed discovery, you want to get that on the books today. And then you want to be able to very easily and very, uh, very, um, simply articulate the emotional outcome for the stakeholders to move forward, you the individual stakeholder, plus the measurable business outcome. When you do that, you're able to explain value, the WIFM, what's in it for me, and it's more likely from a probability standpoint that you'll be able to get that buyer to make a decision before the end of the year and preserve your forecast. So Jeb Law Jr., we're back to questions. What you got for us? So uh, I got a question from Jeremy using chat right now. And he says, you know, we're in the HVAC industry. We'll have a 10% price increase starting January one. What's the best way that I can leverage that with my prospects to push deals uh, across the line before January one? Go Anthony. If you're not using it as a tactic and it is actually true that your rates are going up, you're obligated to call everyone and say, I found out that we're going to have a rate increase. I'd like to get a contract with you so we can give you this year's pricing, then we will honor that for you next year. But if it's not true and you're just using it as a tactic, it's not great. Uh, I do think a lot of clients that I work with do actually have increases every year. And at some point in time, most of the clients that are going to renew or buy something new in in the following year know this, and they will try to help accelerate it at this part of the year as well. If it's true, I think you should use that and let them know so that you can actually give them the best deal possible if they're willing to sign right now. I, I want to make a note about this because you have to be careful with discounts um, because you can teach people and train people to wait for you to give them the discount at the end of the year. Um, and there's a CRM uh, that everybody here is well aware of that their, their annual year ends in January. And all you have to do is ask for a discount and you're going to get it in January every single year. So you don't want to train them to expect those things. But if it's true, use it. Yeah. And I, I, back to, I think Cheryl, we were talking about this earlier. You got you to gotta operate with integrity. If you don't operate with integrity, nobody's going to trust you going forward. And as Anthony explained, if you train people to wait, then they'll probably wait. I also see in chat, by the way, Jeb Jr., I know you're going to love this because I know you teach you teach a class on video prospecting. So many people are talking about how to use video prospecting to get in and engage prospects and follow up with prospects. And I recommend that. I mean, even uh, you know, seeing like this where I've put the, the fireplace behind me, this could be a really fun way of connecting with people. What else you got for us, Jeb? Well, it's John in chat asked, Jeb, I, this is for you. It's sort of in the same vein, but he helps delivery companies with software that helps them automate and streamline their processes. But at the end of the year, they have budgets and they, he says they, they like to spend it on delivery trucks or other fun things. How can we shape messaging so it creates urgency and, and drives the sales process so that they see the value in a software as a service like that during sure. the, end of the year? So I think if we go back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of capital equipment, one of the reasons why they're they're prioritizing budget on capital equipment by the end of the year almost always is for tax reasons. So you've got you've got a lot of folks who uh, right now will want to spend that money to avoid taxes in the in the new year and 
from the last question, in a lot of cases, those capital equipment purchases, those prices are going up in the new year. There's going to be a lot of that in the supply chain, and we're already seeing that with some of our clients. So that's one of the reasons why they're prioritizing it. The good news that you have for going for you this year is there's not a lot of inventory for them to purchase. So for example, if they're a delivery company and they're prioritizing their capital budget that's left over for capital equipment. The truth is there's not a lot out there. And if you're buying anything, you're waiting months and months and months for it. So what I would go in to them with is a pitch that this year, because there's not a lot of things to buy, this would be a great opportunity to take that budget and invest it in software. But here's the thing. If your software is a subscription-based model where they're going to be spending the money over the months of over, you know, over say several months or over month to month during 2022, it doesn't really take advantage of the tax issue they have, which is how do I spend money now to avoid paying taxes in 2022? So what I would go in is with a package that would allow them to buy the software now, pay for the entire year in December so that they didn't have to pay in 2022. And that would allow you to bundle something up. Give them a discount that would be uh, would 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 create enough urgency and motivation for them to move forward, and also solve the problem with them of spending cash today for uh, for 2022. What what else you got for us, Jeb? Well, I think that this is a really important topic for everyone in chat and everyone that I've seen in the sales gravy discussion board. But Mike asked, you know, how do we stay focused as salespeople during the holiday season when there's so many distractions going on? Well, I'll tell you what, let's hold on to that question because, Anthony, we're going to be talking about that last, dealing with distractions. Um, and, uh, and Mike, we're going to come back to that question. It's an important question. What else you got for us, Jeb? Sure. Uh, James asked earlier in the chat, what are three ways that you've seen help engage and earn trust through a virtual selling process? Go, Anthony. This one is all yours, Jeb. You are, you are the one that wrote virtual selling and virtual training. And uh, both of those should be read by everybody here. Sure. Well, I'll give you a couple of things. First, uh, make sure that you've got a good setup. So you want to make sure you've got a good camera, make an eye contact, uh, that you have practiced using uh, your virtual setup. I would start there. So giving people a great experience. Number two is, and I just said this, but make eye contact. So learn how to look at the camera, just like I'm looking at the camera right now. So if you're looking over here or looking over there, hard to trust you. So you have to learn how to treat your camera like a person. And then three, is be a human being. So virtual selling is still selling. It's just a, a difference in, in, in where you're selling, not how you're selling. So practice the sales process, practice good sales fundamentals. And we're just doing this on a video camera versus doing it uh, in person. And if you do those things, people are going to trust you more. So let's jump off into- Can I, can uh, I add one point to that? Absolutely. Sm- smile when you come on. Like be happy that you're there and that your client showed up or many of your clients showed up if you have a group of people. And then don't be afraid to have a personality. Your personality can come through like television it does. So I, I wouldn't try to withhold that. So I, I know when we're in the sales mode, we sort of are focused on, I'm in this interaction and I have to do the sales thing. Be human first. Smile and, and greet people and talk to them like you would if you were in a room with them. And wear funny hats. It seems to, to and work wear for funny us. hats is great. Yeah. Awesome. Let's jump into our next subject, which is creating a robust Q1 pipeline. So, Anthony, let me give you one of the, 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 the sad songs we hear from our clients all the time. And that is 
Jeb, you don't really understand. January and February is just bad months for us. And we hear it over and over and over again. And you think like, what's really special about January and February? I mean, all of the people that we were selling to in December said they were pushing all their decisions off into January. The salespeople said they didn't want to buy then. I mean, if all the decisions are getting pushed off into January, January ought to be the biggest month of the year. But sadly for a lot of salespeople and companies, January is not a big month. It's a terrible month. And one of the reasons is, is that salespeople give up, as you said, on prospecting in December. And so they have no pipeline going into January. And because it takes time to build the pipeline, typically it takes about 90 days to create a robust pipeline. They, they, they have a bad January, bad February. They're prospecting like crazy. And then March and April turn out to be really good months. And the, the same clients will say, you don't understand. March and April, they're our best months of the year. But it's self-inflicted. So if we were, were to reverse that cycle and develop a robust Q1 pipeline, Anthony, what should salespeople be doing to think about closing business today, opening up those opportunities for day, and focusing on tomorrow, now and later? Yeah, I can tell you. And I know Jeb and I have a, a set of very similar experiences selling. Both of us worked in commodity-type sales. Uh, Jeb sold uniforms, I sold temporary staffing. Anything that you can do to accelerate your pipeline in Q1 is going to happen in October, November, and December. So you need a plan to say, I'm going to spend these months creating my pipeline for Q1 and probably part of Q2, to be honest with you. So what you want to do is you want to have a territory and account plan. You want to know who you're going to go after. You want to give yourself goals and you want to spend time prospecting every single day. And today is one of those days. Like it's not Thanksgiving yet. You still have tomorrow. And if you give yourself a 90-minute block and you say, I'm going to prospect just like I would through the rest of the year. I'm going to call people. I don't expect to have the same success that I might have in other months. But every deal that I create right here is a deal that's going to be one in 2022 or not one in 2022. So you need to make sure that you do this. And however you do it, I can just tell you some things that I did. Uh, I would go into buildings that I was pursuing the client with candy or a book or something very, very small. So I'm not trying to buy their business, but just showing up and saying, we were out, we were seeing our client across the street. Anything that you can do to get on their calendar and have a conversation now means that you're going to have a better Q1. And I'm going to go back to the point that I made at the beginning of this. You have to be out selling at all time. If you give up November and you give up December and you give up January because you give, you tell yourself this lie that no one will talk to you. And of course they will. Um, but you have to actually call them and get a meeting to do that. Then you're going to have a very, very rough start to the year. So a lot of times what happens is by the time you get to February, you could be, a quarter of a million dollars down on opportunities that you would have needed to create to be able to reach your goal. It's very hard to make that up. And when you don't make it up in February and you don't make it up in March, by April, a lot of people just start giving up the game saying, there's no way I'm going to be able to reach my quota this, this year. You cannot have a nine month or a 10 month year. You got 12 months. You need to use every single one of those months. If you have a plan, if you have goals, and if you can discipline yourself enough to make 90 minutes of calls every day, you're going to have a much better start to your year. Love that. And before I, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, I want to talk about uh, Zach has a question over here. And uh, his question is, how do I connect with seniors 
for insurance, he's talking about uh, Medicare, uh, on the phone when they're being bombarded by tons of sales calls every day. Not, not only sales calls, Zach, they're being bombarded by TV commercials and they're just getting hit from everywhere because right now you've got open enrollment and this is like prime selling time for moving seniors into a Medicare plan. So for you, the most important thing is, A, you make the calls. Like Anthony said, you've got to, you've got to set the calls time aside and you're going to have to make a lot of calls and you're going to need to leave voicemail messages and you may even need to use text messaging as long as you have permission to call, permission to contact. This is very important because there are some compliance rules specifically around uh, insurance and dealing with seniors and you don't want to violate the, the, the laws and the, um, and the rules around that. But when you get them on the phone, the way that you connect is you be different than everybody else. Right now, they're getting bombarded by, by advertising and everybody says exactly the same thing. What I would suggest is instead of talking at them, try listening to them. A lot of seniors are lonely. A lot of seniors want to talk about their story. They want to tell you what's going on. They want to connect with you. And when it really comes down to it, they're going to choose the plan that is sold by the rep who they like the most. So try just being a human being and connecting with them that way. But it begins, as Anthony said, with setting aside the time to make the call. So I want you to think about your, your Q1 pipeline like this. First of all, go back to targeting. We talked about that earlier. But you want to start thinking now about windows of opportunity. So, for example, I've got a client who uh, has a product that, that, uh, that florists need during Valentine's Day. So what we do is work with them to begin the prospecting process in late November and into December to begin not only nurturing the relationship, so letting them know that we're there, meeting with the larger ones now because we got to start planning because we got a lot of supply chain issues going forward and and then making sure that we're setting appointments for early in January. And it's okay to set appointments early in January. At least you've got the appointment. People may cancel on you, but you have the moral high ground because they made it a commitment to you. So you can, you can at least get them to meet with you, uh, if, even if they cancel on you. But you want to begin now thinking about where are the windows of opportunity? So I, I came out of an industry that was contract related. So right now I'm looking at all of the contracts that may be coming up for renewal in February, March, and April, or maybe even in January depending on how people renew those agreements. We want to look at budgetary issues. So you've got people right now telling you, hey, I'm out of budget. I'll have budget in January. I've got a client like that. They've got, um, they've got uh, opportunities to pick up a lot of budget in January, but most of the budgets for what they sell have already been expended this year. But I would go through and look at that. This is one of the reasons, by the way, you'd have a robust CRM because it's easier to go in there and build those lists. But target window of opportunity. And by the way, if you're set setting the setting, you know, setting the, the time aside every day for daily outbound prospecting, then you got to think about 80% of your calls are going to be qualifying and looking for opportunities in the new year. So you're qualifying for those windows of opportunity. Woo, right? Just call it that. So go out there and look for woo. Uh, Anthony's right. You got to set aside daily outbound prospecting. And one of the easy ways to do this in this period of time is to do high intensity prospecting sprints. So if you do 90 minutes, you're going to have some of that time is going to be getting yourself ready to go, but then run 15 minute blocks, 15 dollars, 15 appointment, 15 dollars, 15, uh, uh, you know, 15 contacts and then set one appointment. So just do everything you possibly can. 15 dollars, 15 minutes, one appointment. Uh, and then if you did that four times or five times, all of a sudden you got 90 minutes of prospecting and anybody can be great for 15 minutes. 
And then you want to start thinking about leveraging some 30 to 45 day sequences. This will be using multiple channels, so including video prospecting and email and social and phone and in person if you're a field rep to start getting in front of people and creating familiarity as you move into the new year. So you're thinking, I got a prospect for the day, so you need block time for that. I'm prospecting for tomorrow. I'm setting that up. And in some cases, you're going to, have to get creative. Have a good time. The video is an easy way to get creative. It may be a Christmas card. It may be a, a, you know, a, a New Year's card. It may be a, hey, if you meet with me in the new year, I'll be able to do this for you. But the idea here is to be systematic, to be intentional, and to be focused on opening up opportunities in the first quarter. And typically, that's going to be focused on looking at those windows of opportunity where you need to get in and then backing up and setting your appointment in those spaces. So, Let's go back to questions. Jeb Jr., what you got for Anthony? Ed just asked, on the high-intensity prospecting blocks, are you leaving voice messages? Go, Anthony, hmm. what do you think? I, I would never knock on somebody's door and run. I, I'm going to leave a commercial for the value that I want to create for them in the first meeting. So I'm going to say something about, I want to give you this executive briefing. It's going to help set your goals for 2022. It takes 25 minutes. Even if there's not a next step for me, I'm going to leave you with the slide deck and some insights that you can share with your management team to make sure that 2022 is everything that you need it to be. What do you look like Thursday? I'm going to leave that on their voicemail. I'm going to follow it up with an email, but my email is never going to ask anybody to do anything. I'm just going to threaten them that I'm going to call them again on Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning because I want them to know that I'm persistent and I'm not going to go away. And that normally works to get people to do one of two things, either say, like, we're really not interested in what you have to say right now. Or a lot of the time they just say, I'm sorry, uh, I, I haven't been avoiding you. We're just super busy here. What is it you want to share with me? And then you get a conversation. So I prefer to leave a full voicemail, followed up with an email. And then I take the responsibility to call the next time because I can't trust the client is going to call me back just because I asked them to. I'll give you a, a, maybe a different uh, take on that. And I said earlier, 15, 15 dials, 15 contacts. I'm, I'm sorry, the Santa hat messed up my brain. 15 minutes, 15 dials, one, one appointment. That's my, that's my goal. If I do a 15 minute block, I'll do 10 minute blocks, you know, 10 minutes, 10 dials, set one appointment as a goal. 30 minutes, I'll do 30, you know, 30 dials, 30 minutes, set two appointments. But basically what I'm doing is I'm concentrating my focus in a small amount of time. So when I'm doing those type of call blocks, sometimes I'll leave voice messages, but in a lot of cases, what I'll do is I'll try to go through the 15 dials as fast as I can and try to have make contact with as many people as I can. And I'll do that for that block. And then I'll set aside a block specifically for voicemail. So when I'm calling, the intention is to leave a voicemail. So if I get them on the phone, because I want to talk to people, that's what I get paid to do. Talk to people. The more people you talk with, the more you're going to put in your pipeline. Then what I'll do is I'll run the block as fast as I can. Just talk to as many, or, you know, call as fast as I can. Talk to as many people as I can. The people that I don't get, then I'll schedule a voicemail block. And the thing about voicemail is I can schedule a voicemail on an off cycle of time. Where you know where it's not as easy to get people on the telephone. So, for example, I could set a voicemail block for four o'clock in the afternoon, and if I'm only calling for voicemails, I'm going to go faster. And the voicemail is part of your sequence. So, what all Anthony described there was: you call, you send a voice, you leave a voicemail, you send an email. Maybe you touch them on, on social media, you call again, you do that again. That's that's what I'm, we mean by a thirty to forty five day sequence, uh, where you're 
you're, you're, you've got a cadence of different touches along the way. And, and so for me, that's what I typically am going to do, but that doesn't mean that's what I always do. Sometimes I just feel good and I'm leaving voicemail messages, but Anthony's exactly right. You don't knock on a door and run. I've never heard it put that way. Or we could, you know, we can, uh, we can call, you know, the, the, the Wayne Gretzky co- co- uh, quote, you miss every shot you, you, d- you don't take. So leaving a voicemail is going to be important. Uh, and, uh, I think for, you know, for salespeople, just think about how you do it, the most efficient way you do it, pick your way, but definitely want to leave voicemail messages. We're, um, we're, we're getting about 13 minutes left here. So uh, Jeb, I want you to load Mike's question up again and give it to Anthony. Cause I think this is important. Uh, I think Mike's question has to do with what do I do with disruptions? Sure. Okay. So Anthony, Mike asked, as a salesperson, how can we stay focused during the holiday season when there are so many distractions? ever talk about, which is your personal productivity. And if you want to be productive as a salesperson, as a business owner, whatever it is, whatever your role is, you have to be able to block out any distractions and disruptions. So I know it feels like you have to open your email and check it first thing in the morning. I know that people are going to interrupt you. I know that you're going to have this device right here, which is a a weapon of mass distraction. It's going to chirp at you. It's going to tell you that you got text messages. You have to discipline yourself enough to say for this period of time. And I really like what Jeb said, like you can be great for 15 minutes. You can be great for 90 minutes if you want to be. And here's what I would tell you to do. Imagine that you're in a call with your dream client. You've been pursuing them for years. Now you're sitting across from them. And it's your first time to do discovery with them and your phone rings. And so you go, excuse me, uh, hang on. I have to take this real quick. I'll be right back. And the person's like, what? Like this person's been pursuing me for two years and now they won't give me their attention. What I want you to recognize about this is that no one who wants your time knows whether you're in a sales call or not. They have no idea where you are. So if you don't answer your phone, if you don't answer your email, If you give yourself over to the work that you need to do and somebody says, you know what? I tried to reach you and I couldn't get you this morning. Like I was with a client. You treat that time as if it's like you're with a client because the one thing that you have to do is make sure that you do the work that you need to do and not be disrupted or distracted with other things that people need from you. You can't prioritize all those interruptions over your prospecting, over your client time, over the things that you actually do that create the results that you want. So my personal belief and my personal practice is I take care of my business first, and then I take care of everybody else's business. If you do that and you put that in the right order and treat this like I have this sacred time, I'm going to treat it just like I was sitting from across from a client, you'll end up being way, way more productive. You'll get more done faster, and then you'll have more time to help other people. I, I totally agree with you. I, the, the, the truth is, is that the greatest predictor of your success during the holidays is how you choose to invest your time. Now, this is important because it's going to feel in a lot of cases like you're not choosing your, 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 your time investment, like you're not choosing what you get to do. And that's because there's going to be demands from your family, from your friends, from your company, from your boss, from your clients, from everyone. But you get to make that choice. There are three things you can control. You can control your actions, what you choose to do. You can control your reactions or your response to the things that are happening around you. 
and you can choose your mindset when it comes to time. And time is your greatest asset or your greatest enemy during the holiday period. And the one thing that Anthony says all the time and is that you can't manage time. You can only manage yourself. This is about choices. It's the choices that you make. Now, Anthony said something about discipline. He said, this is all about discipline. So let me explain what discipline means. Discipline is sacrificing what you want now for what you want most. Now, this is important because there's a whole lot of things that you want now, right now, during the holidays that you're willing to then give up your, say, your January pipeline for. You're willing to give up prospecting for. You're willing to give up setting the next meeting for. You're, you're willing to give those things up for immediate gratification. So if you think about it, it begins with you understanding and knowing what your priorities are. And that doesn't mean that you have to take away time from your family or you have to take away time from your friends because I love the holiday season. It's the most important time of the year for a lot of us, especially in this COVID year where we're getting an opportunity to get back in front of our families and spend time with the people that we love. But you've got to be able to set those priorities and discipline yourself. Now, the way that you want to do this is you want to begin by developing a daily battle rhythm. So Anthony talked about setting 90 minutes aside for prospecting. Okay, what comes after that? What comes after that? What comes after that? Anthony is famous for saying that if you start your day with email, you're probably going to end your day with email because of the what, what it does to you. So if you have the discipline to say, I'm going to have an email block, I'm going to have an email block. I'm going to have follow up, uh, follow up with my current accounts block. I'm going to have that block. But you're going to basically set up a daily battle rhythm for the holidays, which, by the way, is going to include in some cases knocking off early so you can go get a Christmas tree with your family or you can go to a holiday festival or you can go to a party or you can go to dinner or what have you. You. That's okay. It's the holidays. Give yourself a break. But if you don't have that battle rhythm set up, what's going to happen is you're going to be random. So block your time out and then run these high intensity activity sprints. You can be good 15 minutes at a time. You can be good 30 minutes at a time in a time where, especially Mike, when I'm being distracted, the easiest way to stay focused is to concentrate on one thing at a time. So I pick an activity and I do that activity and then I move on to the next activity and then I keep coming back to this, make sure that you are scheduling time for fun, for your family, for the holidays. And if you do that, like if you give your permission, yourself permission to go have that fun, while at the same time blocking your time during your sales day for selling, what you're going to find is you're going to have an amazing holiday. You're going to have a lot of fun. You're, you're going to fill up your pipeline. You're going to sell more. And oh, by the way, a lot of us are going to have bills come and due in January those commission checks from your December sales are going to pay off so you can cover your uh, your bills for all the presents that you're buying. So, uh, JBJ, let's go back to questions. We've got about seven minutes left. And what I'm, what I'm going to recommend, Anthony, is we just go rapid fire. JBJ throws a question. He, J, J, Jeb, you just pick the person you want to throw it to. And we've got to like answer the question in, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds and move to the next one. All so right. we can get as many in as possible. Okay. So uh, question just came in from Lindsay. She says, I work in the manufacturing industry and we're seeing a lot of issues with the supply chain. Our lead times are typically 10 to 12 business days and we're now out four to six weeks. How can I leverage change to a prospect when I can't guarantee supply chain relief in 2022? I'll go first on this one. So you're going to have to tell them, I still want to help you make the decision now. Because when that four weeks comes up, you're going to be at the front of the line. It's more important than ever than we do this so that I can make sure that we've got all of your orders so that we understand what you need and we can put you at the front of that line. 
I, I think that you have to do this right now. I have clients who are in the same situation. You've got to go and have that conversation. Go Jeb, next question. Okay, so Chris asks, when we're filling our pipeline, how many opportunities might be too much for us to follow? That's, that's a great question. There's never too much. You can never have too many. However, I, I think it's important that you have qualified prospects. So if you've just got everything in there, in other words, you're throwing mud at the wall to see what's going to stick. You may have too many things because you're, you're wasting or spending your time on the wrong, pro, wrong prospects. So think you can't have too many high probability opportunities, high potential opportunities in your pipeline. So all, always think, what is the probability that if I put this in my pipeline, I'm going to have a chance to close it. That begins with good qualifi- qualification, good begins with identifying windows of opportunity, and then making sure that if you have something in your pipeline where, for example, they're not agreeing to move to the next step, you quickly get rid of it, move it out of the pipeline, put something new into it. All right. So Anthony, Michelle asked in the chat earlier, how do we create urgency when prospects aren't in a traditional buying window? Um, So if they're not in a traditional buying window, then you have to give them some reason to do this. So there's always something going on that you're going to be able to leverage. So it's a pandemic. It's a supply chain issue. uh, It's a lack of labor. Uh, what you're always trying to do, the way that I would say this, let me give you a way to think about this in, in a way that might be helpful to you, Michelle, is to think about, do you want to make this decision and start this change on your time? Or do you want to wait until it's an emergency and then you have to do it when we don't have time to do it? So you're always going to have to find some compelling reason to say, it's better for you to do this on your own timeline. It's better to do this so that you're prepared for this when it happens and if you have insights and you can compel them to, to engage with you, you end up with a much better conversation, whether it's uh, the situation that you described or just a regular prospect. I would tell you, try to compel them to change now. Okay, so uh, Jeb, this one is for you. It's from Michael. He he wrote in the Sales Grave University uh, discussion board that he's a BDM manager for a property management firm, and a lot of realtors are telling him that that they don't need a property manager because the market is so hot. So, what is a strategy that you might suggest uh, so that he can get into the door more often? Well, I think that this is a really good a good question because if you think about it, they may be right. Like they don't really need you right now because they, they see no value in bringing you on and paying you a commission because people are lining up outside and knocking on the door. So the traditional approach that you take as a property manager to go in and show them, hey, I can help you with this, I can help you with this, or I can make you more money or that type of thing, maybe that's the wrong approach. So maybe you need to think about things like liability or things like, uh, like compliance or, you know, how you can take, uh, Take, take time that they're spending managing the property away from them so they can spend more time doing the things that they really like to do. That would be an emotional outcome. So what I would, what I would say to you, Michael, is I would start like stepping into their shoes start asking some deeper questions of yourself, like just try to, you know, look at it from their standpoint. And I think it's okay to acknowledge, you know, they may be right. They don't really need you right now because they have a lot of people coming in, but that's just one reason to bring in a property manager. Think about the other reasons and then start honing your message so you can approach them a little bit differently to at least get their attention so you can sit down and have a conversation with them. All right. Seth had a great question and Anthony, I'll let you answer this one. What is the best advice that you have for someone who is entering a new territory during the holidays? 
Mm. The first thing that you're going to need to do in a new territory is try to get an understanding of who your target clients are inside that. Um, a territory and account plan would have a number of things that you would look at. So the first thing that you would do is decide, is this the kind of company that's going to buy what we sell? So this is what Jeb was talking about is, are they the right kind of person that you are going to have a good shot of winning their business because they care about what you do. The second thing that you're going to need to do is start looking to identify the contacts that you're going to need. So one of the ways to do that is to look at titles. But I'm not a big fan of just titles by itself. I think roles are also more interesting. And now because we have things like Zoom Info, where you can get people's contact information, and LinkedIn, you can start triangulating this information. So the first thing that you want to do is identify the targets. And then you want to start building a contact list so that you can immediately start pursuing them in a new territory. I would tell you my best advice about territory management is if it's your territory, make it your territory. Know every major account, know every mid-size account, know who all the players are, and start getting a CRM that's built out for you so that you can just immediately do this kind of work that Jeb and I have been describing. You sit down for 90 minutes, you bang out the calls and you start building those relationships. That's going to be the most important thing for you to do. Awesome. Thank you, Anthony. Jeb Blunt Jr., thank you so much. You've been a great host. This has been awesome. Anthony, you are awesome as always. And I'll be looking out for, out for your brand new book on how to grow a goatee and sell on a goatee. <laughs> uh, before we go, thanks for everybody for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, it's been like, again, the first time we ever wore, uh, wore Santa hats for the uh, a, a webinar. Anthony, let's tell everybody one more time about the Outbound Conference. Okay, so imagine that you're going to a rock show. Imagine that it's like a circus. Imagine that you don't know who the next speaker is going to be until they walk out and it's Jeb. And you know what? I think we'll probably even let Jeb Jr. back on the stage this year. He did a great job. And he's a little bit of a handsome guy, so we don't really like him being on stage, but we're going to let him on anyway. Practical, tactical, actionable answers to the questions that you have. Content that will help you improve your results. There's zero doubt about it. It is the best sales conference on earth because we've both done so much work at other conferences. We know what people want. They don't want to be pitched. They want something that's practical, tactical, and actionable. They want it to be a fun environment. They want to be around people that are really trying to go after their goals. So and these are people who decide to come and they are here because they want this information so they can go out and change their lives. And uh, you should join us. Perfect. And uh, David, do me a favor, put my slide up one more time. You can go get tickets right now at theoutboundconference.com. This is theoutboundconference.com. Pretty simple. And we've got their early bird specials up. I think there's some early, early bird specials that are left over from a really, really good on the deal on the virtual tickets. So go check out outboundconference.com. This would be a great holiday gift for the salesperson that you love in your life. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you for joining us for outselling the holidays days. We'll see you next year.